Welcome to Enough Talk, where we get real about what's happening in California and beyond. It's unfettered, it's unfiltered, it's unapologetic, and it's about time someone said it. I'm Alex Belekian, and I'm here to give a voice to your frustrations, putting ideas over identity and action over talk. With me today, I have Patrick Gibson, candidate for the California State Assembly in District 40, with 24 years of experience as a sheriff's deputy in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. He has a long history of serving and protecting his communities. So let's get right into it. Welcome, yeah, let's pa- do it. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you for coming. Hey, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's good to be here uh, with like-minded individuals who uh, are trying to get through people's thick skulls that we've all had, you know, right? Correct. And yeah. so speaking of which, what is your number one issue that you've had enough of? Well, it's obviously going to be public safety because that has gone uh, to the wayside. And I don't know why that elected officials are turning a blind eye to what the safety is of our our, our whole state here, basically our nation. Um, you have smashing grabs that are not you know, being taken care of and they're just happening. Uh, these are um, criminals that are doing this and it's, um, they're doing this with forethought. They're doing it with intent. So this is like, uh, like a mob type thing, you know, where the gangsters are all getting together. Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. And on top of that, when these uh, smash and grabs happen, uh, law enforcement are told not to engage. So that's why on TV, when you see all of these smash and grabs going, where's the cops? Where's the cops? Where's the cops? They're, they're, they were told not to go and arrest or do anything. They were told to stay out of it. And when that happens, people obviously go, oh, why? You know? and, and told by whom? Uh, they're administrative administrators and their higher ups are the ones telling this. I, I, for whatever reason, there could be several reasons why, because they don't want to, you know, start shooting people on there or putting them under arrest because these people aren't going to really listen in the first place to law enforcement. They already don't want to listen to law enforcement. That's what a criminal aspect of their behavior is. They don't care about law and peace and order and things like that, which most of all of us follow because it makes things a lot easier. You know, we can at least know that we're safe, our kids are safe, our home's not going to get broken into. Just in my neighborhood, we had four burglaries in one night, and that's just in my neighborhood and throughout uh, California. I'll tell you right now, in LA County, we have burglaries going up and up. And isn't because, you know, well, they don't have money because these people do not want to work for what they uh, do. They don't want to work hard. They want, to, they want the easy way. So the easy way is to take someone else's hard um, earned you know, property or anything like that. It, it's not fair. And I think it's you know, time someone comes out and goes, hey, that's enough. right? And while I really get pissed about it is um, it, it's just on so many levels, companies and businesses, uh, family-owned businesses, mom-and-pop businesses are closing their doors. Because why? Because nothing's happening. There's no consequences, and it really should piss everybody off because that's going to affect the consumer. Prices are going to rise, and we're all, we're all going to be on the um, chopping block for that because it's going to come out of our pockets. When it comes out of our pockets and we go, wow, why are we still here in California? What's mm-hmm. being done? Vote them out. Get these guys out of here. That's how it happens. So wake up, please. Um, you mentioned that these petty criminals, the ones who steal, they have no respect for the law, no respect right. for law enforcement. Why do you think that is? How do you think that developed? 
well, obviously there's a <laughs> there's a big one, and that guy came from San Francisco. That's George Gascon. Um, and I, I've never met him. I'm sure he's a really nice individual, but his policies are destroying LA County. And you cannot have that type of person who is an elected official over criminals and just letting them go or not even really giving them consequences. And then on top of that, it's, it's a no bail policy also. Mm-hmm. So they're not staying in jail for their crimes. They get right back out and then they go, well, obviously I'm back out. I'm going to do what I've been doing before. I will keep doing uh, I'll keep breaking into homes. I'll keep stealing stuff. I'll keep robbing people. And then on, ultimately on top of that, um, someone pays for it. And that was just uh, recently one of our, um, my partners from LA County Sheriff's Deputy Partner Department, he was killed in the line of duty, just doing his job. And someone who has had already had a criminal record, you know, who should have been in jail was out. And that's, that to me, is a failure on our elected officials and they need to actually they need to be held responsible for that too they should be held you know big time responsible for that um you touched on uh george gascone who is our district attorney for the listeners who don't know who he is and you also talked about zero bail which he both he and karen bass championed initially right bail meaning um you do a crime you are arrested by the cops um you are going to get charged with a crime where you have your hearing in two months, three months, whenever it is, maybe a couple of weeks, you post bail cash to be able to go home right, uh, back to your family. And so um, they said, well, that discriminates against poor people who cannot give the money to post bail and go home. And, you know, the richer people, they are able to go home until their trial comes and the poor people don't. Um, and so they started that and then they reversed it because it was a terrible idea and people were you know, you turning out of police uh, custody. And then a judge in California said, no, 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 it's starting up again. And so October 1st, yeah. um, we are in zero bail. So buckle up everybody because things are going to get worse. Absolutely. So Patrick, you, you said what you've had enough of. So my next question is, how do we fix it? Well, we have to have people like myself going to the California legislature. We actually have to write laws. We have to have policy that fights zero bail policy. So we need to come together and bring like-minded individuals to do that. And we have to be able to restore balance to our California legislature because there is none right now. So when there's no balance, it all gets pushed through. So there's a myriad of bills that need to be vetoed up in Sacramento. And just a few of them are in front of me here. It's AB5, and it is really small writing. Teachers are already mandated reporters and obligated to report red flags pertaining to child abuse and neglect. This bill will train teachers to become prejudiced against varying per, uh, parenting styles. So my parenting style doesn't click with the, uh, the teacher or the, um, my gosh, I, I don't know. There's a, whatever, a teacher administrator. or administrator or counselor. That's what I was looking for. Mm. Um, then my gosh, what are you going to do? they're right and you're wrong. I'm a parent. I raise my, my kids a certain way. And if they go, well, we don't agree with your parenting. Well, what country do we live in? You know, why do we live in the United States? Where's the land of freedom and where's our ability to raise our children, how we see fit. And that goes for everybody. So if you are somebody who believes that there is no God, you want to teach your children that, and you don't want, want them to go to a school that's teaching about God, then you have that option. Right. 
we're not getting that option. You know, for someone that I believe in God, I want my kids to learn about God, right? And if I'm going to have to take them to a school where that's going to be, you know, um, where that's going to happen, then I'm taking them there. But I don't need another administrator or uh, our state telling me what I have to teach my kids, right? right? And a lot of it is sexualization of our children and their grooming. So who are they grooming these, our children for, right? And for me, that's, a, that's just no. You know, I've seen too many, um, way too many pedophiles in jail where it first started where I seen maybe about three to five of them and that wasn't much at all. And when I just retired recently, there are busloads of them, several busloads of pedophiles and sex crimes. And they are being shipped throughout LA County to courts and back. And I've never seen it like that ever. So that means there's an increase. And those are the ones that just got caught. And what about the ones that are out there currently uh, going after your child? So they're trying to make laws that are going to be helping them not be, be criminal or criminalized anymore. So if you're not criminalized, then that's okay to, you know, a 10-year-old, a 13-year-old is okay because um, there's a minor attracted person. They call them maps. They're pedophiles. They are predators and they are people that should not be around children because kids, children need that right to develop. They need that right to learn. They don't need the excess stress of what do I do? This is not an adult thing. My body is definitely not ready for this. They're not even thinking about that. They're just like, oh my God, what's, what's happening? It's sad. And there was, you know, to touch on that, there is already a law passed uh, at least last year, maybe in 2021 by Scott Weiner. Senator Scott Weiner from yeah. uh, San Francisco, where it is so the premise of this law was to decriminalize. So you are not obligated to be registered as a sex offender, right? If you are a twenty-four-year-old man having consensual sex with a fourteen-year-old boy, anal or oral sex. Mm -hmm. So if you are a twenty-four-year-old man having consensual anal or oral sex with a 14-year-old boy, you are not obligated to be placed on the sex offenders list. And he passed that law. That law has been passed because he said, right now, a 24-year-old man can have vaginal sex with a 14-year-old girl, and it is optional for him to go on the sex offenders list. So we think that gay men shouldn't be discriminated against and should have that same uh, latitude for the, from the judge. M or my thought is, if there is a loophole preventing a 24-year-old man who has vaginal sex with a 14-year-old girl from being placed on the sex offenders list, close that loophole, put him on the sex offenders list. Absolutely. They, they all need to be on there. And, and they yeah. have these warped senses of reality where they're passing these laws. What other laws do you have for us? Well, let's go. It's, uh, we have AB 659, AB 5, and uh, AB 1078. So these bills are currently on the governor's desk. So we would like for them to be obviously vetoed. You know, however, will he do that? Well, I don't see him doing it, but people can call in and can, you know, voice their concern. Hey, we don't want this. We don't want this. Well, typically what's been going on, he doesn't listen to us anyway. What'd you say? He doesn't listen to us <laughs> anyway at all. So Newsom is not there for you. He's not there for me. He's not there for the rest of California. What he's doing is actually he's, creating a great, not I won't say divide, a great divide between a lot of people in this state. 
And it's really hurting this state right now because they see a lot of stuff that's going on. And some people just go, well, what, what can I do? Right. And, and this is, I think, one of the reasons why you're having, you know, this, your podcast and doing things like this now is to make people aware you have a choice, you have a voice, you know, and if you don't utilize that and you don't come to see people like us trying and fighting our hardest, because we don't have to do this. We don't have to fight for your rights. We would love for you to get up and start fighting for your rights too. And we've seen that with a lot of um, parents here in uh, Glendale and across the board, you know, Temecula, mm-hmm. Chino Hills, uh, um, it's, it's getting everywhere. And I applaud each and every one of those parents for standing up because I've never seen that before. I, I was like dumbfounded when I saw the amount of parents and just kids out there going, we've had enough. Right. This is enough. We, we cannot stand it any longer. So we, we're going to fight back. So, so, and I, but I wanted also to discuss not, I'm not going to say lay blame, but for example, these very liberal fringe ideology individuals have achieved a supermajority in the California state legislature. Right. And that blame lies squarely on the shoulders of conservatives in two ways. Number one, they are disengaged. They don't vote. They don't participate. Um, you know, the California's jungle primary, you are not assured that a conservative candidate is going to be one of the two that you have to elect from in November. So if you don't vote in the primary, right. you may get a liberal candidate and a super liberal candidate. That's number one. Number so two, we had last time. Exactly. Yeah. Number two, and more importantly, there are so many people, so many conservatives who left the state. They've gone to Florida. They've gone to Texas. Um, they've gone to different areas and they, I've received comments on my social media. Oh, serves you right for staying there. That place is a hellhole. Why don't you leave? When you all left, you left us here with a smaller voice and we are trying to reclaim that voice. Right. So that is why I try to encourage people from out of state. Even if you cannot come in and vote, give us your support in other ways. For example, campaign contributions so that we can get the word out. So I also wanted to bring that up to, to people as well. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point because uh, a campaign for an, uh, you know for a political candidate cannot move forward without people giving to that camp that campaign. So there are donations that need to be given, and that's five dollars, ten bucks, mm-hmm. fifteen. And if you are more well off, hey, do the full the, all the way to the end. Yep. Because ultimately, it's about getting your candidate in your area known to the rest of the district. So if they don't get there's no uh, knowledge of you running or me running, then how are they even supposed to know where you stand? Precisely. If they saw a name on a ballot last year, oh, that name looks familiar. I'll vote for that one. We need to educate. And that's why we need people to actually give. So if you can give, you're actually helping yourself. You're investing in a candidate that is actually going to do the things and believe in this more likely the same things that you do. So, and that doesn't mean you have to, oh, they don't live in my district. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give. Chances are you probably won't give even to the person in your district. So step up like the rest of us. We are. You know, I challenge you. This is a challenge to each and every one of you. Pull something out of your pocket. Get on the website or whatever it is and give. If, if it's five bucks, hey, that's like, I don't even that's lunch anymore, maybe. so. But <laughs> no, coffee or something. It's, it's not a gallon of gas, that's right. for sure. Oh not in gosh, California. So that's a whole nother <laughs> ball of wax. Um, so let, let, us, let us get to some of the topics that you, that you touched on. So um, let us talk about the, um, 
Let's talk about the the, the, the shooting. Um, Officer Klinkenbrumer. Right. Um, so you are a sheriff's, you know, sheriff's deputy for 24 years, now yep. soon to be retired. I'm already retired. Oh, you're already retired. Yes. Okay. Did you One get, month. Did you get your AARP card and everything? I, I, I think I've had that for a while already. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah, so t- tell me your thoughts about having been a sheriff's deputy yourself. Uh, well, obviously, from when I first started in uh, 1999, it was, you know, it was interesting because I was like, wow, law enforcement. And it's a, it's a tough job. It's a fulfilling job. And that's where it used to be. Uh, you can go out. You can go um, find people to arrest because they were there. And when they got caught, you took them to jail. And they got sentenced and they went to either, you know, they've served a jail time, maybe less than a year. Or if they were really bad, they were going to go to prison. So there are consequences to people's actions. Crime was not as high as it is now, obviously, because there's a buffer between that. And they call that, that's what the, the blue line stands for. Um, so that blue line stands for um, the rest of society and chaos. So if that line is, starts fading, then we have what we have now. We have chaos. We have people running in and doing things, you know, what we discussed earlier. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we need to continue to support our law enforcement, you know, from uh, 24 years and 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 now it's a huge, um, huge difference. And from what I've seen now and what I've experienced in the past, they are night and day, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be that way. But what we are experiencing is like it, there's multiple things. You know, there's no you're not going to let your children just walk down to the street like we used to when we were kids. We can go down to the liquor store, buy right. our candy, soda. You know, ride our bikes all right. over the place. You can't do that anymore. No. It's dangerous. And the sad part about it is our elected officials, once again, are propagating that. They're propagating a land of violence and unrest. So that is all due to no consequences. So when I, again, I told you I arrested people for a crime they committed, they went to jail. They went to prison. And it was like, okay, good. There's one, another person off the streets mm-hmm. and other criminals. Well, you know what? Or people he maybe even thought about, maybe I, I can get away with that too. They didn't because I went, nah, um, they, you know, they stopped themselves yeah. because they saw the consequences. Right. And now where are we living in? It, it's almost like the purge. Yeah. Right. And it's like, what do you do? How do you defend yourself? And if you defend yourself, now you have to worry about you going to jail right. for a period of time because my God, they busted into my house. They stole this. They stole my livelihood, busted in my business. You know, I have to shut down, you know, so we are, uh, we are hurting for law enforcement and we need to support them. So you, you, you touched on, oh, if I'm going to defend myself, for example, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to get a gun now, California has one of the most preventative climates for gun ownership. Um, and I'm getting to know a little bit more about the alleged murderer um for the sheriff's deputy right um but he got his gun legally mm-hmm. despite all of the laws that have been passed right um so can you touch on that a bit knowing what you know about the um the the alleged shooter so basically he had a he already had a criminal history and i don't know if he hadn't gotten his weapon before that or after but if you already have a criminal history you sh- you definitely should not be having that firearm anymore. It should, that's something you need to give up because you're, you're in a land of, um, you're, you're how should I say this? 
what you do from that point on, uh, you've already chosen your path. Mm-hmm. So his path was like, he went down the criminal road. Uh, and unfortunately, Ryan had to pay for that. I worked with his dad in, uh, in the jails over in uh, Castaic area. So it's uh, NC- NCCF. Uh, criminals call it Supermax because it's huge, it's big, you can't get out of it no. and stuff. So they have, they have nicknames for all the jails that are around, right? So that is where I worked with his dad. And that was around 2003. Okay. And I'm sure Ryan was probably about 10 years old then, mm-hmm. right? And he didn't know that he was going to be, that was going to be his last day. He didn't know he was going to be growing up just to be killed, but right. um, he did a lot of good in his time here. So we have to look at what he did, the influence that he had on people, because the guy was a great guy. You know, he, 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 he the sad part also is he was engaged mm-hmm. and, and then they took that away from him. So again, we have to come back to consequences and what is Gascon going to do? Is he going to, you know, well, this guy is bad. We have to take care of him and make sure that he doesn't do this again. I don't have too much confidence in that because of his already what he's already done. So for me to see that justice is served, we need to get him out. When, and then if that recall means that he, uh, I don't even know the guy's name. I don't want to know his name. He's a criminal piece of, you know what I mean? Yep. And he deserves it. If it happens, we get another DA in there uh, for the election and they go, they want to revisit the case and give him more time. Great. Yeah. Keep him in there. Right. Uh, and he shouldn't be coming out because of other policies that legislatures also bringing up. And that's SB 94. Basically after 25 years of um, you've been in jail for, you know, maybe even for life, but now they're making it where if you're 25 years in, um, you can be released. You know, there's nothing in the legislation that talks about you being, um, what you call it? I can't remember the name. Um, rehabilitated. Rehabilitated, yes. Yeah. So um, rehabilitation is not in there. Yeah. So rehabilitation is not in there and you just let them out. So what makes you think that they're going to go and not you know, hurt anybody else? They've had jailment, prison mentality for decades. Right. So that's all they know. So you let them back out in the street you are doing a disservice for the rest of the society because mm-hmm. they don't look and do things the way that normal people do out right. here to survive. There's consequences in jail. There's consequences too, uh, or prison. Uh, and that's usually, they call it like street justice uh-huh. or jail justice. People, they'll take care of their own in there. You can't do that out in the streets. Right. And, and even just, you know, as a, as a lay person, somebody who is not in law enforcement, right. All I want. And I think I speak for most people is, I want criminals to be caught, yeah, to be prosecuted, and to be punished to the full extent of the law. Yes, innocent until proven guilty. Of but course, give the justice system the chance to prove them guilty. Right, not Gascon deciding. Oh, I think this person's a petty criminal. I don't think it's worth our efforts to do this because if the guy doesn't learn from theft, mm-hmm. his lesson of right and wrong, are you waiting for him to get to? assault, rape, or even murder exactly before he learns his lesson. Right. And that's exactly what happened with Ryan. Mm. So this guy did not learn his lesson. And then additionally, he took his life. Yeah. Um, and that's happened to several of my partners throughout the years. Uh, and it's just, you, we can't continue to lose people that are in the community that are here for you and me because now I'm retired, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm, you know, when something happens, I'm like, I'm, I'm not in law enforcement anymore. But I have that background and I know what needs to be done. And that's why I'm running. That's one of my top concerns mm-hmm. is your safety, my safety, 
my neighbor's house, your neighbor's house, everywhere here in California, we have an ability to change that and bring that back. So if we can bring some safety back into our, our state, yep. people aren't going to leave. And that also requires people staying because it's financially feasible for them to stay. Right. So we need to make sure that there's money getting back into their pockets mm-hmm. and not completely taxed and going to government um, programs that do not work. Uh, uh, for instance, let's get onto the homeless thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and how many homeless do you see out in the streets? Are they all housed? Oh God, no! They they have their encampments. Yes, that's on, not on a our home, streets, right? But that's to them, it's a home, right? But they're dying out there, yep. by the thousands. And my cousin was one of those that died in a tent in Hollywood on a uh, homeless encampment with a needle in her arm, and that's how they found her. We didn't know where she was at. We looked for her, but she she had already gone that route, and that's how we found her. You know, dead on the streets, and that was my family member. And there's a lot of family members out there um, that are all throughout California, going through the same thing. We cannot let them keep dying. You, you can't look at them and go, well, it's, you know, it's their right to go stay out there. It is not their right to kill themselves, to steal, to, uh, to steal whatever it is they need to do to get that drug. Yep. And that's also fentanyl. So you have your fentanyl dealers that need to be you know, out of those streets. So people, when they get out of a drug rehabilitation center or mental health uh, program, they don't have to go back to that dealer. Right. They don't have to do that because now if we can take care of that, which our legislature didn't do, um, then it's going to go over and over and over again. We're not, this is, this is an endless cycle until we put a, a stop to it. Right. And if people don't understand like, Oh, well it's their right. You know, if they want to do that, it's not, again, it's not their right. And they call it a housing issue. It's not a housing issue. It's a, it's a drug addiction right. problem. It's a mental health issue. And you can't, honestly, if you're on drugs, you're on hard drugs like that, you know, as a physician, you, and I mean, my experience in law enforcement, they cannot get off on their own. Right. There's, it's impossible mm-hmm. and they're trapped and they know it. And, and they, they're, they want out of that life. Yep. They really do. And it, it hits me real hard. I'm sorry right now. It's really getting me pissed off right now. Uh, and what I, well, you, I you, 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 that's because you've had enough I'm, yes, and that's I'm, why we're here plainly, you know, and it's, People need to help them. And that means taking them off the street against their will because their will is not their own anymore. Mm -hmm. Their will is dictated by the dealer and the drug. Right. So they don't have a a choice. We need to help them. Mm -hmm. And if we don't help them, then we are hurting them. So, yeah. Both Patrick and I, same as you, we have all had enough. And so he is there for the state assembly to act as a leader, to act as a representative for all of everybody's interests, right? Reasonable people's interests. Right. Um, and so everybody has had enough, but there are, you know, a few who say, okay, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and do this. And that is exactly what you're doing. And I, I just also wanted to touch on, uh, for example, so you and I have similar, um, views on a lot of issues. I'm running for Congress. You're running for assembly. People have asked me, for example, oh, how can you control crime locally? Or, you know, what are you going to do about homelessness? So it's actually a multi-pronged process Absolutely. Right. So for example, I was going to say Palmdale, where this, um, uh, sorry, Lancaster, Lancaster, Palmdale, Palmdale, Palmdale where yeah. this murder happened. They are a city of 120,000 people. They actually just approved, um, in their budget to hire five police officers, I believe, mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't have to rely, you know, or the sheriff's deputies, LA County. So what I tell people is, you know, you have California, which is soft on crime. You have Los Angeles County, which it's having its Board of Supervisors try to recall the sheriff or have the sheriff be under their purview. 
right? It is now. It, it, right. It is yeah. now. So to, again, they're being soft on crime. So how do you have a city like Palmdale, a small to medium sized city, which wants to protect itself? It's not getting any buy-in from the county. It's not getting any buy-in from the state because all the elected officials are soft on crime. That's where I say, when I'm in Congress, any small or medium city that wants to fund the police, not defund the police, fund the police. I like it. I will get federal money for small to medium cities who have had an increase in their crime and want to fund a police department. So that is one of the things that I would do in Congress is get federal money for those cities that aren't getting any love for them. And you counties. can do that. Yes, you can do that. Um, additionally, you know, what can I do, for example, with this whole um, drug, uh, the, sorry, the homeless population? The homeless cannot be expected to kick their drug habit when we have an open border yep. that is letting in tons of drugs from China via Mexico. Right. Right. So yes, I get it. You people don't like to hear that. People though. don't like to hear that. But it's the truth. Right. It's so the truth. We work we would work as a team so that Absolutely. you would do things locally, right? We know that a one size fits all federal solution is not going to be good for everybody, but also the federal government, people in Congress, me, we can secure the border. Right. Stop the flow of drugs in because how do you expect these homeless people to get off the street and clean their lives up if the drugs are coming in? Yeah. You you don't expect it to happen until that border shuts down. Right. And, and then on top of that, then you have a cleanup job after mm -hmm. that. So there's a lot of work to be done. And, and that's a good thing that we would be working together. Mm -hmm. You on the federal level, me on the state level. And then we'll work with other um, city officials and things like that. We have um, um, one of my good friends, uh, LA, LA City Councilman John Lee, District mm -hmm. 12. Yep. Uh, basically, he, you know, we're going to be working all together. Uh -huh. So that's where we can make the most change. We can affect that change by getting like-minded individuals, uh -huh. elected individuals who are going to make that change. And that's how we get things rolling. Yep. So we don't need somebody else. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to stonewall you guys. I'm going to stop mm -hmm. you. Why? Why? I need to know why you would just destroy your communities mm -hmm. with drugs, with homeless. Why would you not help them get out of there? And, you, and the answer is not building more homes or anything like that. That's not it. You know, it, it is a national emergency as far as I'm concerned. And, and it's, it's a lot of people who are self-serving and not providing good solutions. I will give you an example of an interaction that I had with an assembly member. You mentioned city council. And I'm gonna I am going to name names. Okay. <laughs> Audrey Nazarian, who is no longer running for a Senate assembly seat because his district got gerrymandered out and mm -hmm. apparently he's not... Um, popular enough to, to win a seat back. But I discussed with him about this whole homeless population. Do you know what he told me? I'd love to hear it. Do you, you know what he said? The, you know what he said? The problem was that they couldn't solve the homeless population. He said, term limits. He said, if you allow people to stay and see it through, they can fix the problem. And I said, the term limits are 12 years. That's a long time. How are you not fixing it in 12 years? And exactly how much time do you need? The second thing that he said is we need more money. California doesn't take enough in taxes. Does California doesn't have a budget? I said, what is California's budget this past year? He says, just shy of 300 billion. I oh, said, okay. okay. And he says, well, 12 years ago is 80 billion. And I said, okay, so the California budget has quadrupled in mm -hmm. the last 12 years. If you ask people in California, they'll tell you that their lives and the situation has not improved over the last 12 right. years. In fact, you may not actually hear that because the people who are upset about it left the state. Yeah. So uh, still exactly. So these yeah. are people who are self-serving and it suits them not to solve the problem because that keeps them having a job longer. 
So yeah, Adrian Nazari, and I think he may be running for John Lee's seat, or maybe Paul Krikorian's seat in LA City Council. I shall not be voting for him. Right. And, and if I was in his area, I would definitely be not voting for him. He's not running against John Lee, by the way, okay. either. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty sad, you know, that, that we have to sit there and they'll, they'll go, well, it's about money. It's about taxing us more. No, it's not. Get it out of your brain. I don't know who's controlling you. Uh, you elected officials thinking that it's a tax problem. It is a spending problem on what you believe, I guess, are great programs, but they're failed. And it doesn't matter about term limits, because if you cannot solve it within a year or two, then you need to be out. Right. Right. Because you don't deserve it. There's got to be, I mean, obviously in the private sector, uh, and you're going to build a home, you're going to build an office, or you're you're giving this type of service to the public Mm -hmm. and you're a private enterprise, you need to perform. Or you are out of business. That's right. Right. And we cannot give an open checkbook to just our elected officials because, oh, it's not working now. There's a reason why. And someone's getting paid or they just like the system Mm -hmm. because it's continuing and continuing and it's not going to stop. So Stop. Just stop it, man. The madness, it has to end. Yep. And we can't go through this anymore because I cannot leave California. I can't leave it's your here. home. It's my home. I grew up here. I was right. raised here. Just like you. My kids are grew up here. They're raised here. Mm-hmm. I have a, an amazing wife who I could not do half of the things I do without, you know, without her because she's not just a mom. She's not just a business owner. She runs my campaign. So if anyone's out there understands what it takes to run a campaign, you need somebody who is dogmatic and will not stop. And they are just, they just keep going. Bulldogmatic. There, well, hey, <laughs> you said it, not me. He, <laughs> but he, 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 he calls his wife the bulldog and she doesn't like I that. Call, well, she prefers Malinois because it's her favorite dog. Yeah. That's more of an attack dog, but I actually know that's more of her style. Yeah. Yeah. But um, she, she runs my campaign. Mm. She's on it 24-7 and she's... Um, She's ahead of our fundraising right now. She's my campaign manager. Uh, and it's amazing because I would not trust this to anybody else. Right. Because you know, she's just that good. You know, so th- those of you running maybe next few years and, you know, if you can afford her, she'd be someone <laughs> to go for, you know. But uh, what I'm trying to say is um, there's a lot that that we need and how we get there uh-huh. as elected officials. Um, so we need to work with. Uh, people like-minded um, and and we ju- we're doing it now, you know, and as long as we continue that and we continue to support it, we're not going to leave California. We're actually going to turn it around mm-hmm. and make it where you don't want to leave. We're like, my gosh, the taxes are great. You right. know, uh, schools are great. And there's another, uh, yeah. another whole other ball of wax. Um, we need to bring up our standards here in California mm-hmm. because they are completely bottom of the barrel if our standards were as high as our taxes we'd be much better off oh wow imagine yeah yeah and they put that those taxes to education Uh and actually learning things instead of you know grooming them yep you're teaching them you know let's teach them math Mm -hmm. let's teach them history uh unbiased history by the way yeah uh we need to have education that is a forefront so we can actually start getting our population uh in a higher standard Mm -hmm. than where they're at now because you won't see homeless then right you won't see any of that yeah, so I, I education is also near and dear to my heart. Me being having been a, a professor at a medical school, but and so oh, we I did, didn't know that. Yes, I, I was, I was, uh, I was at USC for ten years in a, in a prior life before I was crazy enough to try into my hand at politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I also tell people is, you know, 
yes, schools are a local issue, but they also can be a federal issue. For example, yeah. what I would do is I would take, for example, the lowest 10% of performing states. So I think California would actually now fit into that Completely. Um, with math and science. You know, back in the 60s, back in the glory days, the National Science Foundation controlled math and science curriculum wow. for the country. Why? Because we were in that great space race, right? right? We, right we needed to beat right. the Russians. We needed to beat the cosmonauts to get right. on the moon. Um, and, you know, if you see that film, uh, Hidden Figures, right, everything was all about math and science and getting there. And so that was really the glory days. And so I feel like, especially in suffering school districts or states like California, what you would do is, you know, the California Department of Education cannot be trusted with anything right now. Yeah. Um, and the, the test scores prove it. And so what I would pitch is for the lowest 10% of performing states, um, math and science come under the purview of a slimmed down Department of Education, usually the National Science Foundation, because whether you're in Florida or Texas or California, geometry is geometry is geometry. Right. Right. All day long. Exactly. And then the local stuff, language, arts, history, all those things would fall under local control, much like they're doing in um, Chino Valley and Temecula Valley. And right. so that way, failing state departments of education, like ours in California, could be temporarily relieved of their duties until they could actually reform themselves. Yep. And then the federal government says, okay, your math and science scores are better. Your kids are high performing. We're going to go ahead and give this back to you. Please don't screw it up. What parent does not want their kid to excel? So, you know, in math, education, and go to college and, you know, and have an amazing career right. and, you know, bring up a family and all that. What parent does not want that? Right. So, those of you who are on the other side, yeah, I say that, you know, nicely, uh, Democrats, you're voting for people right now who we voted for before who are not engaging in that. You know, please, we need you to wake up and just vote somebody else in who is going to promote your children, promote them positively, right. where we can actually have um, education where they go, wow, this is an amazing school. Where is it at? It's in the lowest area of the LA, but you know what? It's got a great education system. Right. And when you have great education, those neighborhoods turn around. Correct. They, they do. It's just, you can't help it. Right. Because they have a pride. They have a love for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you can distill that, put that into children, they're going to, you know, they're going to succeed, you know, and that's a great thing, but they're not going to succeed if we continue with this straight madness that we are, that they are saying, oh, what's wrong with the education? Yeah, they're blind. Yep. They got blindfolds on and they literally do not see the damage that they're doing to, to families, to children, to our, our state. And, and the trouble is, I mean, you have the state and the high ranking people who control the teachers unions. Yes. Um, delegating these policies and the teachers on the ground, those, those poor teachers are, are just caught in the middle. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and I, I, I always say teachers should be partners and not partitions. Um, and that's also eroding, you know, you can't have quality schools if people coming out of college say, oh gosh, I don't want to be a teacher because right. I don't want that headache. And now you're not recruiting enough quality teachers to right. be able to raise the educational standards in these schools. Yeah. And we really have to look at our, our teachers and we have to put, uh, I mean, they, they need to get paid more obviously, cause they're, they're already spending half of, uh, more than half their check just to buy supplies for their kids, right? That shouldn't even be an issue. 
And so there's so many other programs out there that they can, you know, cut back on and give to teachers and start teaching. You know, that's what needs to happen. So we've been talking about that. So I actually saw it was on, it was a clip on social media. Don't quote me on the numbers, but there was a guy who was being interviewed and he said, do you know how many school districts there are in Florida? I think he said 96. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said, do you know how many there are in California? 963. Wow. Um, So what he was getting at is in Florida, there are 40,000 students to a single school district. But in California, there are just so many. And he says, in each one of these school districts, has a superintendent, has an assistant superintendent, oh, wow. has their buildings. Top heavy. Right. right. And so yeah. that's where well, that's where all the money is going. Yeah. And if you could kind of consolidate it into school districts where, okay, fine, you use the same machinery and infrastructure then to cover the area of multiple school districts. School choice. That too. Yeah. Yeah. I so they right, so right now I support school choice as a here and now solution for parents who want better educational options for their children. However, if our public schools were giving quality education and parents were proud and happy to send their children there, you wouldn't have the need. People wouldn't be calling for school School choice. choice. Exactly. So I, I support school choice in the short term, but the problem that created the need for school choice needs to be addressed. Exactly. And you know, I agree with you on that too, because what, as soon as it were to go through, God willing, and it goes through and so their school choice, then they're going to go, Oh my God, we need to, you know, revamp our, we need to re- revamp everything in right. our school and we need to get, you know, this ball rolling, get mm-hmm. kids start, you know, our, our, everything has to go up. Test scores got to go up. Yep. And if that is a possibility, then yeah, obviously then it is a possibility. Every, anything's possible mm-hmm. as long as we, see it and we do it and we, and then we keep at it mm-hmm. and it's not for, you know, uh, extended periods of time. And, you know, you're, you know, uh, Audrey Nazarian types, you know, thinking where you can never get it. There's never enough time. There is, you just have to do it. Right. So Patrick, yeah, you had mentioned when you discussed um, some of the assembly members, the elected officials that, Oh, if you don't do what you need to do in a timely fashion, if you were a small business owner, you would be out of business. Um, so on that same vein, small business owners, um, smash and grabs, right. Um, give me your thoughts on that. Give me your unfettered opinion. Look at San Francisco. They're closing down. Yeah. Right. It's a ghost town up there. Uh, you've had Nordstrom that I think that was their, um, their main store, flagship, their yeah. flagship store done. Mm. Right. Um, you have several other businesses up there. They're done. You know, and you go up there, all you see is homeless out in the streets. You see bunches of zombies, literally. Mm-hmm. They're just so high on the whatever drug they're taking, and they're just laying there, you know, in their dirt, mm-hmm. in their, you know, grime, in their feces. And that that's what shuts down, you know, these small businesses. You cannot have a business when that is surrounding your business. Right. And in your city or anywhere else, there's just no way. And these businesses are closing down and not just closing down because they can't afford it, um, you know, because of all that's going out there with the homeless population crime. And then you have on top of that, you have insurance companies. Right. They're like, they're pulling out of California and they're not going to insure your, your store, mm-hmm. your mom and pop shop, whatever it is. They're not going to insure it anymore because they're like, this is not worth it. We yep. have lost way too much money already. And California is just too much of a risk for us. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's too much of a risk, um, and then they, they're losing business, but they're not going to 
tell you that right. on TV. They're not going to go up and just show the uh, what's going on with there. Uh, I won't go to San Francisco. I used to love going to San Francisco with my family. It was beautiful. Go to Golden Gate Bridge, walk it. You know, just there's a lot of areas over there. Presidio. I, I work in San Francisco, so I'm sorry. there. I'm I'm there sorry. one week every month. No, I'm it's it's. <laughs> I, I'm happy working. I dread being outside of work in, right. in, the, in the city, in the area. Well, that's a good thing you, that you like and love what you do, mm -hmm. but it's the city that's being destroyed. Right. It's, it's the businesses. People are, uh, like you said before, they're going to Florida. They're going to Texas, Tennessee, uh, Arizona. I don't know. Yeah, some are going still to Arizona and other states that have less taxes right. and they're pro-business. So California is sucking like a vampire all the money they can out of its population mm -hmm. with taxes. And right. they still want to raise taxes, still yes. want to suck the lifeblood out of us. Yes. And they have no uh, solutions. Yep. There's no solutions. So we, we, I, my thing is common sense solutions, yep. right? What makes sense? Uh, give more money back to the consumer, mm -hmm. give more, you know, get those taxes cut so we can engage right. businesses and we can create uh, a market where people are actually spending right. money and making money. That is how it works. Mm -hmm. When you tax somebody out of it and you think socialism is the answer, it is never the answer. Mm -hmm. Look at, uh, what's it? Venezuela. Yep. Right. Uh, I'm sure there's a myriad of other countries where it fails. Oh yeah, there's about a million Venezuelans in our country right now. I'm yes. sure you can ask them how that worked out for them. Right. And and on top of that, we need to get a hold of them because they just left the country where they were just basically victims. Yep. And you think for a second that they're going to start voting Democrat over here and they're going to propagate the same issue they had there. I think there's going to be some issue with that, you know, and, and they need to be taught. And so if anyone uh, speaks Spanish and we can get that message out to them, my Spanish is not that great. Uh, my mom is Mexican. My dad's Irish. Um, I understand Spanish, but uh, I think what needs to happen is we have to educate them as well because they're going to start voting and, mm. and they're all throughout the uh, United States and it's continuing. So we need to tell them, you came to a country for a better life. Mm. My wife, she's Armenian. Uh, she was born in Armenia, in Yerevan. Mm. Their family left Armenia for a better life. And they left the communist regime because that was, there was no way to get ahead. There was no other way in that they were going to make a you know, living and do well until they left that country. Right. So is that what we're going to do? Where are we going to leave though to? We can't leave to any other country because it's just the same or, or even worse. Mm -hmm. So we need to fight for our, our, our country, our state. And that's what we absolutely positively need to do. There's no way that we can just let our country go like that. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and uh, what do you think? So you had mentioned taxes. ACA 13 is a law um, that our uh, assembly and our Senate, actually it, it has passed. So I know yeah. uh, Laura Friedman uh, and Anthony Portentino, the two career politicians that I'm running against for Congress. Uh, for those people who don't know, ACA 13 sets a higher threshold for, for tax increases. So for example, let's say by a voter-backed proposition, you want to say um, any property tax increases that are going to be done need a 70% majority, right? not a simple majority. They're going to say, well, if you're going to do that as a state proposition, you yourself need to get a 70% majority mm -hmm. on the vote in order to pass it. Right. However... 
the state legislature, both houses, only need a simple majority of 51% to pass their tax increases. How fair is that? Correct. So they are, you know, there, there are two ways to make laws in California. Number one, either the legislature makes it and the governor signs it or right. directly to the voters right. via referendum, via proposition. Correct. You know, that is how you do it. And so they are actively working to subvert us and take away our rights and tax us to the poorhouse because they need to get themselves funded. Yeah, for whatever they need money for. And they go, well, this is a great idea. We can get our, we can get tons of tax money coming in for this program, this program. They won't work, I'm sure, but they still will do it because they can tax us. They only need the one extra percent mm-hmm. for that 51%. And then they can pretty much push through all they want. And then on top of that, like you said before, 70% and then it'll go through, uh, but you need to have the people voting. That's BS. I'm right. sorry. That is not fair. That is not how the United States should be working. And if they really think that people are going to stand for that, they're not. It's unfair. People, wake up. That's not right. We have to stop this. And, and it's, it's funny when you think about, so you were talking about San Francisco, the different, uh, the different neighborhoods in San Francisco all have their uh, hardware stores that they like to go to. Um, and these are, again, mom and pop shops. Everybody loves to go to the local hardware store. Um, and there's this big push not to let the Home Depots, not to let the Lowe's into those neighborhoods, those big corporations. And these Democrats that are passing these laws, you know, the fact that shoplifting, for example, employees are not allowed to confront shoplifters, um, you know, for their bosses. 553. 553, yes. yes. Um, and what they are doing is driving these mom and pop stores out of business so that the only stores that are left that are able to pull a profit are the corporations. Right. And they already have tons of cash. Correct. And so they say, oh, I'm for the little guy. No, you are not. You are killing small businesses. You are decimating the middle class. You are giving a leg up to these large corporations, these greedy corporations that have pledged fealty to their stockholders, not to their employees. Um, and you take away that right. I've told people, you know, what, what is the American dream? The American dream is social and class mobility. Yeah. Right. People in Europe, either you had a title, you had land. Mm. If you didn't have those, you couldn't move like from class to class. Right. You were done. You were done. But yeah. in the United States, a nobody could be a somebody. That's right. And you, you hit the word, the nail on the head right there. Uh, a nobody to somebody. So basically we don't live in that dual system, right? Right. Like Europe does. So with us here, I mean, I'll tell you my story. I, I grew up, we were homeless, mm-hmm. literally living out of a station wagon in Bokeh Canyon in Santa Clarita. And, you know, I was about, I think I was eight or nine years old and there was no other way, you know, my family at that time were able to go and get a house or, you know, my dad wasn't really working. He was trying his best. My mom was raising five kids, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just difficult. Um, so you have to just look at the whole thing from being, you know, doing, you know, there's so many people out there, right? And they have dreams and aspirations and they can accomplish those things here in the United States. Right. As long as we keep our system from be turning into a socialist system or two tier system, basically what the mom and pop shops are getting rid of all the middle class. Right. So when you get rid of all the middle class, then you have a serfs, and then you have your elite, right? We are not living in those uh, days where it's knights in armor mm-hmm. and, you know, you must pay fealty. You, you know, you're going to pay me this because this is my tribute. Right. 
And that's basically what we're going towards right now. And it's, it's sad because they're taking away all the dreams and uh, it's just the amazing things that can be done from nothing to somebody. Mm-hmm. Again, I was nobody. And then people probably would have thought, and I've seen it growing up too, where they looked at us like we were just dirt, mm. you know? And I mean, we'd see people looking at it, well, they probably smell and they're all dirty. Well, my God, yeah, we didn't have much, you know? If I was a little dirty, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing great, you know? In school, we didn't have much. And my shoes might've had holes right. in them or uh, my pants, you know, or I'm wearing uh, uh, pass-me-downs or whatever, mm. hand-me-downs for my cousins. Uh, I was grateful for that, you know? Um, and then what I have now and what I fought so hard for to have um, a family, a business, you know, I can't do that anywhere else, mm. you know, and they're going to stop that. So we need to help businesses and businesses. You need to help us too, mm. because you need to get people like us in those elected positions, protecting your business. So that means giving to Alex, giving to my campaign and others who are similar. So basically you're helping us uh, keep your business in line, successful, and you know, making a profit so mm-hmm. you can at least have generational wealth to leave to your children and whoever else you want to leave it to. Um, so speaking of giving an opportunity, so you have um, an event coming up, a comedy event. Is that correct? You want to tell people about that? Comedy night fundraiser, make America laugh again. So uh, that is October 5th. We are having some great comedians on there. Um, so it's going to be fun. And it's also dinner. And uh, we will serve a really good dinner. Um, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'll probably eat a little bit of it myself. <laughs> um, and on top of that, uh, it's just the atmosphere of other like-minded individuals mm-hmm. who are business-oriented, who are businesses supporting us. And if you are a uh, person who is, has a business and you want to sponsor that, you can sponsor our event. Uh, so we have sponsorships available and you can buy a table, mm-hmm. however you, you want, whatever you want to do. We need to make it successful because uh, what what's going on really needs um, attention. So coming October 5th, that's in Porter Ranch. As soon as you buy your ticket or whatever it is, then we'll give you the address, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of loonies out there who want to come and spoil our, our night. Mm-hmm. They're not going to. We'll have security as well. <laughs> um, so uh, my wife, uh, she's the owner of our company. Uh, we have a security company, physical security. So um, I, I think we know how to run security pretty damn good. So uh, just if you got any other issues and you think you're going to come make our night not, not nice, think again. You know? <laughs> Be our guest. Be um, our guest. And um, where should people go to find you <clears throat> on online, uh, on social? Well, let's start with the website. Mm-hmm. So it's Gibson, G-I-P-S-O-N. It's not Gypson. It's Gibson. Like do, you know, do one for the Gipper. You know, do it for the Gipper. I like that one actually. Uh, Gip G I P S O N the number four assembly.com. Okay. So you can find us there. You can donate there. You can do a lot there. Uh, you can go to my Instagram and Instagram is Gibson for assembly. And you can go to Facebook as well. Gibson for assembly. And we also have a, um, that's not Twitter. It's formerly known as Twitter. Now it's X. X. Uh, it's Patrick Lee Gips G I P S two so find me there that's the only name they would give me i guess i don't know that's different over there um but yeah uh, come out come to our events go to alex's events when he has them uh please support us because we need your help we can't do this without you uh, and speaking of which uh i will actually be at 
the Montrose Oktoberfest. Oh, nice. Uh, the first Saturday of uh, October. Um, we will be there. And um, because I'm a physician, we're calling it Doctoberfest. Uh, so, yes, join, I like it. I <laughs> join, like it. Join me and my campaign um, at Doctoberfest in Montrose. You've been enjoying Enough Talk, where we get real about what's happening in California and beyond. I'm Alex Belekin. Thank you to Patrick Gibson. Thank you for joining me. Uh, please don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a review, and share this episode with your friends, your family, and your frenemies. Uh, stay safe out there. Um, don't forget to register to vote, and we will see you again soon. Bye.